Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you to another edition of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty Series. In this series, we have the privilege of speaking with leading brands about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Kimley Gardner. She's the Chief Marketing Officer of Tractor Supply. How are you today? I'm doing really well. How are you, Mark? Uh, doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, first off, uh, for those who may not know Tractor Supply, there may be one or two people out there. Uh, you know, uh, would love to know a little bit more about you, uh, kind of your background, and can your current role at Tractor Supply? Yeah, happy to. So, prior to coming to Tractor Supply, almost a year ago now, um, I spent about 20 years in automotive um, with brands like Toyota, Lexus, Mitsubishi, Kia, most recently Volkswagen. Um, so a lot of different perspectives that I got from those brands. Um, one thing I will say about myself is, you know, I always say to my team, like, I, I love, love, love marketing, um, not just automotive, but all marketing, because I find it something if you are very much okay with change, which I am, then marketing is something that is never the same. Um, even we can say now week in and week out, let alone month in and month out and, and you know, year over year. So I'm somebody that um, continues to, to love the craft of marketing and really, really enjoy it. And um, I love um, understanding what customers' needs and wants are and making that shift from automotive to tractor supply. Uh, really, really fantastic organization, just such a fantastic culture, um, really lives its mission and values. And that was a huge driver for me personally. Um, yeah. I find that I'm somebody that just, I, I, I work better and I really get more out of, a, a, not even a job, but a career, I should say, over time with brands that I really believe in. And um, that's been a, a throughput for me throughout my entire career. And I can definitely say that's the case here at Tractor Supply. So I joined the company, like I said, almost a year ago, uh, July of 2022, to lead all of our marketing functions, um, including data analytics, loyalty, CRM, media partnerships, creative uh, content strategy, which we're recently adding a group to help us with that, um, national and local store marketing activities, um, and then as well as our uh, store promotional support. Okay. Uh, quick question. When you came over from auto automotive, obviously you had deep roots there. What, what was uh, the maybe something that stood out as a change for you or something you know, when you moved more to retail? Was there one thing, there are two things that may have been kind of the completely different. Obviously, you were very flexible being able to address that. But, you know, what, what what was the biggest difference? Or was there one? I think one of the biggest differences is just given automotive and the product itself, it's something that you keep for a minimum if you're leasing a car for two to three years, but a lot of folks keep them for five to 10, even more years. And so when we talk about how do you understand customers' needs and wants, it's not only just that purchase and then that repeat uh, coming back for things like service, but it's really over a potentially over someone's entire um, you know lifetime. Um, with many people buying vehicles over and over again with the same brand, so taking that customer lifetime value that was that was much more expansive, and then coming to retail, which um, by definition is a little bit more short term, right? Week over week, month over month. Um, what do we need to do to drive the business? It's been a neat way for me to take that longer term thinking. Um, okay. And use some of that into how do we nurture customer relationships over a longer period of time, which Tractor Supply, quite frankly, already does so well. Okay, excellent. Uh, Tractor Supply, yeah, no, I think that's great. That's uh, it's a very unique perspective from the automotive, you know, the automotive industry, and I think also the automobile has the brand side too, but it also has a dealer side. And 
I'm a big J.D. Power fan. I've met him a couple of times and his seminal book really talks about just the the dissonance between the two, right? It's that old agency conflict you had in business school. The the brand on the automobile side has their perspective. The dealers have their perspective and it kind of clashes where at least with, you know, tractor supply, you know, you're more aligned there and you can kind of drive that brand strategy. And especially with all those roles rolling up to you, uh, it sounds like that's uh, kind of your focus for sure. Yeah. And I think that coming again from auto where you are all about influencing that customer to make that decision at a, at a um, more of a national, like you said, a brand level, but you don't control that experience at the dealer level. So um, being able to now influence that experience and working with our merchants and working with different teams here at Tractor Supply. Um, it's so satisfying to be able to to say that we can actually help make that experience. Um, it's already great, but we can make it even better. Um, and that's really fulfilling as well. You'd asked earlier, though, about a fun fact about me. Um, I actually do not watch TV, which might be surprising for some folks in, in marketing. Not that, that at all or just not that often? Not at all. I watch some streaming services um, here and there on my laptop at home, but I have not really had a screen of any large proportion and I don't watch TV um, at all. That's good. Yeah, I, uh, I watch a lot of movies. I don't watch much TV, but, uh, but that's 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 interesting. So that's the first one for that. You get the not watching TV award. <laughs> so when you look at Tractor Supply, uh, again, for someone who may not be familiar with Tractor Supply, can you give us a short history of the brand, what you guys do, how you do it, where you do it? Absolutely. Um, so the company was originally founded back in 1938 um, as a mail order catalog business. Um, and then about a year later, opened up its first retail store in a little town called Minot, uh, North Dakota in 1939. Um, since then, now Tractor Supply has been very, very passionate about making sure we serve the needs of those recreational farmers, ranchers, homeowners, gardeners, uh, pet enthusiasts, and, and really all those folks out there who enjoy what we call uh, life out here. Um, tractor Supply, it's funny, you know, people ask me about the name Tractor Supply, and although we've sold tractors over the years and all the things for tractors, that's obviously uh, changed. Um, now you can, I believe, get a few from uh, from us in terms of some mail order that you can do with uh, one of our, our uh, partners that we've got for tractors. But Overall, really, it's a we're a large, uh, the largest, it's just a rural lifestyle lifestyle retailer um, in the U.S. with over uh, 2,100 stores across 49 states. Um, very much a needs-based, essentials-based business, and we have now 52,000 team members. Um, and one of the things I think that makes us so special is they're really known for what we call legendary uh, customer treatment and really helping customers um, find what they're looking for. So. Lots of different things across the store. And it's always fun for me to talk to somebody who is familiar with Tractor Supply and says that they love it. And then folks that um, have heard the name, but not quite sure about it. And um, it's always a joy to be able to tell them a little bit more about the brand and invite them to come to the store. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love hearing these stories. And I think one thing that definitely resonates with you is the passion you have for the brand. I think you kind of mentioned that earlier, uh, that that definitely is already coming through in the interview. So it's great to hear. Uh, when you look at your loyalty program, the Neighbors Club at Tractor Supply, you know, how does that program work? How do members engage with the program? And what are the benefits uh, for the customer? Yeah. Um, so our Neighbors Club program is what I would call a, a shop, earn, and rewards-based program. We now have, uh, uh, as of Q1, 30 million members that are part of that Neighbors Club. And we've seen significant growth year over year over the past several years with that program. Um, rewards are essentially tiered based on spend. 
So we've got neighbors and we've got preferred and then we've got preferred plus. So it's a tiered program. Um, and the higher the tier, for example, with our preferred um, neighbors club members, they earn more points for each dollar that they spend. Um, and they're eligible for additional rewards like same day uh, delivery, trailer rentals, and uh, several other things. So um, it really encourages folks to migrate up from that base program um, level, I should say, up to preferred and then up to preferred plus. And then recently, also in the last couple of years or so, we've looked at um, a few other rewards that people get um, as part of the program, including those that are tied to the use of our tractor supply um, store card. Um, and also those as part of our new uh, co-branded credit card. So customers can accelerate their rewards um, um, as well as then earn points, not only at Tractor Supply, but at other retailers. Okay, interesting. So uh, it sounds like you made some adjustments to the program uh, recently. Uh, and uh, you know, How do you use insights from your customers to, to make those changes, right? Uh, the, the private label credit card program, maybe the partnership programs that you're rolling out uh, that give your you know, customers some uh, engagement and potential redemption options? Absolutely. So um, we do a lot of feedback. We do a lot of listening. We capture a lot of customer comments. We do regular neighbors club um, surveys um, uh, across those 30 million members that I mentioned before. So we're continuously improving and understanding how we could um, make the program even better and make future enhancements. The most recent of which we did um, back in 2021 in terms of really a wholesale review of the program, a common theme that we were hearing from our customers were um, lack of rewards and, and sometimes lack of transparency in terms of how, do, how many points do I have and what could those points get me and those kinds of things. So what we did is, you know, I would say take it from a traditional sort of affinity program in the past um, to much more of a of a pure loyalty program that um, has a lot more rewards to it. And it's also something now that's tied to a better omnichannel experience, which is also something we heard from our customers. So they were looking for that omnichannel experience, um, wanted more um, visibility to their points across multiple shopping channels. So, for example, how do we make sure we integrate the program into our mobile app and into our website and then into the store system? So those are now ways that you can check your points, see how much you shop for, see when your next reward is coming up, um, see what other benefits that you're eligible for and things like that. So it gives the customer a lot more visibility to um, where they they are in terms of those rewards and and things that they can look forward to with that next tier up um, when they get there. That, that's great to hear. One of the things that we do, we have a, a membership community at Loyalty 316. We meet and talk about different topics. And there's been a great deal of discussion around uh, devaluing points, adding value, but more, most importantly, uh, cl more clarity, as you mentioned, transparency, transparency with the program. Because many customers don't feel that uh, the program, they understand the program, understand the benefits, and many brands change the program quite frequently. So it makes it hard. It kind of is like a a moving eight ball for them to understand kind of the value proposition to them. So uh, the, the, the transparency piece, being able to uh, more easily understand it is, is a great uh, addition to have for the program for sure. Yeah, 100%. When you look at customer loyalty, you know, what does customer loyalty mean to you to track to supply and the customers you serve? Um, customer loyalty, I would say for us, and, and I've heard some of your other um, interviews as well when they answered this question, and it, and it feels like I would say the same thing in terms of it's absolutely essential. It's, it's fundamental to how we um, do our business and how we think about our business. I would say it's been a, a huge driver of the success that we've seen over the last um, few decades, um, several decades, I should say. You know, as customers rely on tractor supply for those essential needs, 
People are coming in for what we call our Q-based items, things that are consumables and usables, essentials and edibles um, for their pets, for their animals, um, for really their way of life. Um, and that means that, you know, week in and week out, month in and month out, they're coming in, they trust uh, Tractor Supply, they trust our team members, they're looking for that consistency, for that value, the quality of the assortment that we have, reliability um, that we're known for. Um, and a couple of just a quick notes on on loyalty and, and how we think about that and how that comes to life. You know, I often when I go into stores and, and our, our team goes into stores and talk to our team members, talk to our customers, they refer to their Tractor Supply as you know, when I come to my tractor supply, or let me tell you about my tractor supply, I think that's a real testament to how loyalty really isn't just a label. It's something that I think our customers really feel, something that we need to continuously earn. We also talk about um, how many of our team members were former customers. It's uh, it's nice to hear team members talk about, you know, I used to shop here at Tractor Supply and I loved it so much that I wanted to, to join the team and be part of the brand itself. So I think that's also another um, way that we think about loyalty is how do we even continue uh, bringing back folks that um, have been customers and now they they want to be part of our team and, and part of the brand it's just ongoing. Okay. Uh, and when you look at your customers, uh, diverse as they may be, is there a standard, maybe customer characteristic, a key trait that is consistent across them? It sounds like passion may be uh, kind of a consistent trait they have for the, the different areas that you serve. You know, Is there a standard trait? Yeah, I, you're 100% right, Mark, in terms of that passion for that, for that rural, outdoor, um, life out here lifestyle. You know, we describe our customers as um, friendly, as neighborly, someone that you love to have as your next door neighbor. Um, they're hardworking, very genuine, um, and very resourceful. Um, many of our core customers have recreational farms and ranches. They've got animals and pets, and they're really about self-sufficiency and that do-it-yourself lifestyle. And now our emerging customers, which we've seen grow over the last few years, especially um, during COVID and following COVID, um, they really tend to shop for us for a whole basket of different things across the store. So not only things that I mentioned, but also clothing, um, pet and food supplies, lawn and garden, decor, and things like that. So um, it's a it's a really I can say this I know I'm biased, but it's a really fantastic um, uh, group of customers that we have, and they they all seem to be very proud, I think, of uh, the things that they do, the things that they get from our stores, and just the lifestyle that they lead. It's um it's it's just really neat. Okay. And when you look at your customers, uh, one of the talking points we have with uh, our members is, is how customs are changing, how they're evolving, uh, their you know attention, their interest, what it may, what you know, whatever it may be. You know, how did your customers change? Maybe going into COVID, coming out of COVID, and, and how did you adapt and continue to adapt to you know, that, that customer change? No, great question. And I think uh, you know we saw across the board, right in this country, you know, COVID really brought a migration of folks. Um, Many folks outside of urban centers to exurban areas outside of those major city centers um, to more rural areas. Um, and we've seen that growth across multiple customer segments, um, especially millennials, um, which is fantastic to see. Also more women customers and more diverse customers. So that migration of location um, also came with a migration of mindset, I would say, um, and more people feeling like they just want to spend their time. Um, pursuing things that are important to them and their family. That means, you know, caring for their home and their land differently and really appreciating that time outdoors. So I would also add that our customers across all cohorts um, are looking for more flexibility in how they shop and they buy. COVID obviously um, was a huge factor in that. They want um, 
you know, more services 24 seven things that are at the ready. So we made some really nice um, enhancements in terms of our e-com business, our uh, buy online pickup on store and delivery services to help meet those, those changing needs that were, I would say really precipitated by COVID. Okay. You, you touched on a little bit about partnerships. Uh, it's a big area of interest for a number of brands, as you know, it sounds like it's a huge area of interest uh, or focus uh, for tractor supply. You know, how does tractor supply typically approach partnerships and are there uh, key partnerships you have in place today? And how did those come about? Sure. So many of our partnerships, I would say, stem from interests that people pursue um, in our stores, right? So we talked about, you know, that rural kind of base lifestyle, outdoor living, um, do-it-yourself, self-sufficiency, things like that. So those themes are really a nice filter, I would say, for how we think about um, partnerships across the board. You know, from a marketing perspective, we have a number of partnerships um, right now. Um, in addition to vendors that we work with in the store, brands like uh, Purina and Carhartt and Cargill, et cetera. Um, also things like Yellowstone and that franchise with Paramount, which has been um, really, really a strong success for us. And we've been with them the last couple of years. And it's been great to see that franchise grow. And I think folks that watch that program, it's a really nice overlay with the, the customer set that I mentioned earlier. Same thing with professional bull riding. We have a partnership with them. Um, we've got a new partnership now that we've just launched recently with our what we're calling our Tractor Supply Emerging Artist Program Uh uh, that we're working with Lainey Wilson on. She's a huge up and coming or not even up and coming now. She's a, she's very much a, her star is, um, is uh, on the rise and and going and going great places. So she's part of that program. We've got some mentors that are part of it um, that are really excited to help other artists in country um, really get discovered and help them with their craft. So those are all interests that overlay nicely with our, with our customer base um, and emerging customers as well. And I'd be um, remiss if I didn't mention our Tractor Supply Foundation as well in terms of other ways that we bring in partnerships to Neighbors Club and get that Neighbors Club engagement up with that loyal base. Things like our support of the Future Farmers Association, which we've been working with for many, many years now, giving grants, doing scholarships um, with that uh, with that group. It's been fantastic for us and a great engagement um, for our customer base. And same thing with 4-H, where we've um, raised money with them with our Paper Clover uh, fundraising campaign. So those are meaningful ways that we can engage with our neighbors club members, building up that loyalty, giving them some touch points to come back in the store. We also do a lot of work with our veterans programs. So that's another customer base that's really important to us. And we want to not only show them that we've got the right assortment, we want to meet their lifestyle needs, but we also care about the things that they care about and the communities that we all care about as well. So you mentioned uh, your your foundation working with the veterans and you know, corporate social responsibility is uh, another one of those topics that uh, is very important to brands, but brands either do it uh, well or exceptionally well, like your organization, and have it truly integrated within what the brand is. Or, but a lot of brands are like, oh, we need to have a CSR initiative. Well, we're a shoe store. Maybe we'll just bring in the shoes, right? And then we're going to talk about it, right? So it's not truly genuine. And then you have people like you guys, what you're doing with the Veterans Association, the foundation, it kind of sits behind the scenes. But when you kind of peel back the layers of the onion, it's very important and ingrained within the culture of the organization. Even something like PetSmart, right? PetSmart, they've had almost 7 million pets they've had adopted. So going back 20 plus years, but at other people like, oh, we need to do it. Other ones doing it. It's very important to millennials. We'll just craft something and market it out. How, I mean, how, as it's such a part of your fabric, I mean, how did it, how did it start? How do you sustain that? How do you build that? Because that's very unique. I think that, um, with such a strong focus on our mission and values, um, Practice Supply is an organization that 
Um, we're very committed to making sure that not only that we live those mission and values internally, right? We work hard, we um, have fun, we make money. We're all about communication and um, uh, making sure that we are high on teamwork, um, take the initiative, accountability, all the things that make the company what it is. That's a that's a nice natural segue into how do we support the communities in the way that would live up to those missions and the, that mission, sorry, and that and those values. Um, and so when we talk about supporting veterans, we talk about supporting future farmers and young people that want to get into agriculture. Um, and how do we continuously build up and sustain that that way of life that we call life out here? Those are all fundamental things to make sure that we continue to deliver um, the mission and values just going forward. So those things are all interconnected and intertwined with our team members, with our customers, with who we are as an organization. And it's not just for us about putting those things up on a wall. We honestly, honestly live them um, every day, both here at our store support center, um, but also in the stores. So I think when you feel that, that mission and value come to life, I think I would say to other organizations as well, that's a great place to start. Um, to your point, um, this shouldn't be a marketing initiative. This should be something that how do you support the things that are important to you as an organization? What mission are you on and what values do you want to show to your customers? And what are those things that are important to your customers that you want to help support in the community? Okay, excellent. You know, what is the uh, biggest challenge you face in your role? What kind of keeps you up at night uh, being the chief marketing officer at Tractor Supply? I think that much like we just talked about, you know, as we think about our culture, as we think about our mission and values, that is something that as a marketer is is so important in terms of how I answer the question to a new customer, potential customer, why Tractor Supply, right? Why should I look at tractor supply, why should I shop there? What makes people want to be part of that tractor supply um, brand, if you will? And so much of those things are tied back to the culture that we have. And so how do we keep that culture? How do we nurture those mission and values and continue to do that over time like we've always done? But still, we were under a lot of um, you know, uh, aspirations in terms of growing the size and the scale of the organization and the footprint that we have. So how do you keep that things that are special about the brand at the same time, you know, manage the growth that you have and how do you scale that to make sure that we really protect for that culture? Because I think it is something that makes us so unique and special. And it's part of a huge story that I want to continue to tell in terms of our marketing messaging. Okay, excellent. And, and when you look at other programs uh, that you may be loyal to, programs that you admire, are there a couple of programs that you think do a, a good job from a customer loyalty perspective and, and, and what may you like about that they're offering? Um, there's a couple in particular. Um, I always like to the tried and true airline pr uh, frequent flyer programs because they've been around for so long and it's been interesting to see them evolve and and uh, and pivot over time. Um, I like to talk about United because I've been part of their mileage press program now for over 25 years. So talk about longevity with loyalty. Um, that's quite a long time. And I also look at, you know, what makes me loyal to them. Um, it's not necessarily their, their flights. It's not necessarily the, the planes that they fly. It's not necessarily the time, time scales or timing and things like that. Um, because sometimes I say, well, you know, I may have to have an extra layover. It may not be in a convenient time for me. The fare might be a little bit more expensive than someone else, but I will still go out of my way to fly United because I'm at that top tier level. Um, and I have been for a long time. So I appreciate those benefits. And it's something that um, is important enough to me in terms of time saving, which is the number one thing why I keep uh, keep with them. Um, that pre-boarding that I can get through United uh, is worth gold. So um, 
It's something that if if you can keep that loyalty, even in that case, despite sometimes it's not as convenient or it costs you a little bit more, I think that's also a testament to a really strong loyalty program over time. Okay, excellent. And uh, if you could ask someone, uh, another CMO, and maybe in a different industry, uh, you know, a question about their customer loyalty approach or customer experience approach, you know, what would that question be? As we're trying to look at how do we migrate more of those um, base tier customers of Neighbors Club into uh, the preferred Neighbors Club and then preferred plus, I'd just be curious more about what's their migration strategy? What have they found over time that's worked really well in terms of graduating folks from one level to the next? Um, Because much like the United example that I gave, our preferred plus members, they have um, some really great benefits to that program. And we see that they're some of our most engaged customers by far. Um, so I think we'd all like as marketers to be able to graduate folks to if we have a tiered program as we do, how do you how do you migrate them? How do you get them from one level to the next to then obviously spend a little bit more with you and spend more time in your stores and, and online with you? OK. And then the last question I have uh, kind of self-serving, but you know, what can Loyalty 360 do to help you and your team in your customer loyalty journey? So I think. Loyalty 360 could help us in terms of uh, benchmarking other companies. I'm somebody that I believe in no matter what industry I'm in, I always want to learn from other industries um, and see what they're doing that might help us balance the needs of our diverse customer base um, across different customer cohorts. So how um, how are you seeing other industries, other companies manage their loyalty programs successfully, not only for maybe their core customers, but their emerging customers, those customers that they're growing with over time, like for us, those millennial and Gen Z customers. So how do you create a program that's balanced in terms of what each of those cohorts are looking for, which might be a little bit different depending on where you're coming from? Absolutely. Uh, Well, thank you very much, uh, Kimberly, for taking the time to talk to us today. It was uh, great to get to know a little bit about you. Uh, Interesting uh, that you're not a TV watcher, which is great. I'm kind of a little envious of that, which is good. And uh, looking forward to hearing more about uh, Traction Supply and your uh, uh, very compelling uh, customer loyalty program going forward. Well, thank you, Mark. It's been a real pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you very much, everyone, for taking the time to listen today. Make sure you join us back for another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty Series soon. Have a wonderful day.